0: That gave me chills. Welcome
1: me too. This to is an episode
0: <laughs> of E5's Live Review. Daredevil Season 3 Edition, where I don't think we have to make this known, but I guess we will anyway. This will be a spoiler review of the full season of Daredevil Season 3. Let me introduce myself, Juwan, and my co-host for tonight, Nick. What's going on, Nick? What's up, man?
2: I'm just I'm so geeked to talk about the third season of Daredevil. It's arguably the best season of Daredevil, and I struggle to say that because all seasons have been so good, but, oh, man, it was so fucking good. Like, I can't yeah. wait for us to delve into it.
0: Absolutely. So without further ado, let's start, man. Uh, we we left off. Um, last time we saw Daredevil was not season two. It was actually in The Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, where last time we left him was Midland, all of Midland Circle, uh, pretty yeah. much collapsing on him and Elektra. Um right. And I, what I will tell everyone is, if um, obviously you have Netflix, obviously when you watch it, I don't know if it does this for like everyone or if there's like specific reasons it does it. It gave me a full recap of season one, season two, and Defenders before yeah, season three started. Um, mm-hmm. and I was freaking hyped. I was just like, whoa, what is this? I love it.
2: Continue it. Uh, yeah. I, was just like, I like it too. I, I actually problem. sat there and watched the whole thing. And like, yeah, it was too. like, I know, I know all of this, but I, I still watch it all.
0: Me too. We actually have someone else joining us. We have Tia, our amazing writer. Tia, what's going on?
1: Hey, Joan, how are you?
0: Good, Tia. I'm also joined with Nick. He is also our co-host tonight to uh, review all of Season 3. Say hello to Nick. Awesome.
1: Hey, Nick. How are you?
2: I'm very good. How are you, Tia?
1: Oh, good. I was just having, like, Internet problems, and I was like, gotta get on. (laughs) (laughs) So we left
0: off at, we were just discussing how um, it played an intro, kind of, you know, recapping, rather, Season 1, Season 2, and Defenders of, you know, Daredevil story arc before going into season three. Um, man, let, let me just say, and then I'm going to pass it to you first, Nick. Let me just say, the show started off hot, and I was just like, okay, where is it going? Is it really going to draw out, you know, Matt recovering? Like, I get it that you have to do it to show, like, obviously he's not Superman. He doesn't super heal himself, so you got to kind of show him getting back into shape, and I was just like, how are they going to do this that I don't lose interest? <laughs> and they did it. <laughs> so, Nick, I'll go to you first. How did you feel
2: about the start of Daredevil Season three? Oh, I fucking loved it, man. Like, they really – well, first of all, they really delved into n- not only, like, um, his w- – where he was as a character, um, like, cause, like you said, I mean, it takes place right after the Defenders. And so, like, he essentially um, is broken um, in more ways than one, both emotionally and physically. Um, of course, like, with his hearing problem, um, like, that was, like, a huge thing. Like, I, and, and super clever, like, mind you. Like, uh, because he, like, essentially sees by hearing – um and like his other senses uh that that's like a huge thing for him like the fact that he like loses hearing in one ear and has to like wait until that can recuperate that's like a huge thing with his character and like i i loved like that aspect of it like like you really like pull back um essentially what makes a character, like you, you take something away from them and, and they have to adapt and, and survive with that. Um, and he does through the first few episodes of the show and like it was uh, really interesting to see him not at his, his full capacity but still wanting to go out and 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 essentially like fight you know crime, uh but at the same time, there's this like contemplation of everything that's going through his mind and and like where he is as a person and and how he views both all of his life and how he has led up to this moment um and and where he can go from here uh and essentially like i mean there's a, there's a scene early on where he goes out and he, and he tries to fight these dudes um, without his, his, his full strength and um, you know essentially he gets his ass kicked because he, he doesn't have it and you know I mean <laughs> he's essentially going out there at that point like trying to kill himself um, and seeing him in that kind of position uh, and but, but still holding on to the, the basis of his belief that he, he he couldn't possibly kill himself on his own, so he's he's trying to get someone else to do it for him. Like it, that that just gives so much to the character and the way that they set all of that up and how they are able to kind of follow through with that later on, which we'll get to, um, is just brilliant, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, and I completely agree with you. There was even a part <clears throat> to what you're originally saying about. Uh, his ears being his eyes. There was a uh, there was a part I believe in either I was gonna
2: say season. Wow,
0: in either episode uh, one, like towards the end, or episode two, or it could have been episode three. Um, but Matt started crying out. I, I can't see my eyes, my eyes. Right. And I right. know two people who you know might have saw that. Like, wait, I thought he couldn't see. He can't. He's saying his ears are his eyes. He can't hear. Like he lost his sight again. Like he, he has no senses. Right. He can't sense exactly. anything. Exactly. So it's it's blinding him all over. Tripping
2: over catacombs and shit.
0: Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so picture this this man who's reverting back to um his childhood and how how fearful he was because picture being right. a kid um you lose your eyesight like that alone is scary. Now you spent your entire life. Surviving without your eyes, letting your ears uh, become your your sight. Now you lost. Now you think you lost your ears. So it's like, oh my god! Like, one ear. Why so yeah. does it keep happening to me? <laughs> um, right. So that,
2: yeah.
0: that spoke volumes to me. Um, just seeing that parallel, seeing the parallel of him yeah. screaming that as a child and then screaming Absolutely. that as an adult. Um. <clears throat> but one thing that that definitely spoke to me more so than Matt in the start of season three was Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many other ways I can say Vincent D'Onofrio is one of those castings that I put up there with Hugh Jackman, that I put up there with Robert Downey Jr., just guys that you originally kind of go, okay, like, he's a he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong. Vincent D'Onofrio, I think, is, is an amazing actor. Just not someone I would have ever fan cast as Kingpin, just because I would have never thought of. Um... And then when I saw him in season one, I was just like, This guy gives me the feel of Nick I know I know you and remember the animated series of Spider Man and the Ninth. You guys remember how just vile that Kingpin was? No. I like yeah, if we could get a live interpretation of that in a live action right. Um, but and somebody it up who could just bit. fit that build.
2: Like Right. Not not exactly because like obviously the illustration is is a little bigger, but
0: yeah, they they exactly. Like, with the uh, illustration,
2: right? But nevertheless, like he fits the build,
0: right? And uh, he embodies the emotion of Kingpin. Um yeah. And the first time I saw Vincent D'Onofrio, like when I saw season one play out, I was just like, "Man, that is the guy from the cartoon." Like I, ne- like don't get me wrong, I am a huge fan of what Michael Clark Duncan was able to do that movie was just horrible. So I can't really dig deep into it because the writing for that movie was just god-awful. Yeah, was really but I bad, thought you know? Michael Clark Duncan physically was able to embody Kingpin. I just thought they didn't give much meat to it uh, because the script was just so bad. So yeah, but Vincent D'Onofrio is in a perfect situation in just the way, like the idea of the FBI taking him out of prison, to put him in a comfy hotel, um, a comfy suite rather, oh, same thing, but suite rather, just to fancy it up. Um, all for the idea of him giving them information on other crime families. I thought it was brilliant. I thought if there was oh, yeah. anyone who could who could pull off being a snitch and make it seem so cool, it'd be Kingpin. Yep. Um, and, and before we go any further in that, I want to get Pia's take on what What leaped out to you in the start of of season three like what what did you see as episodes one, two, and three came about that you really uh kind of spotlighted more more so than anything yeah. else
1: um I would say honestly, just kind of matt's attitude we have now we've had two seasons of Daredevil, we had a season of the Defenders, and what has been Matt's core? Um, beliefs, everything that drives him is essentially his Catholicism, his belief in God, and for him to so, um, uh, you know, he just sits there and says, it's not that he doesn't believe in God, but at this point, he really doesn't give a shit. Um, I think what stuck out most to me was the, you know, we all think kind of, I think we hold Matt almost on a pedestal at times, you know, he's so good, St. Matt, it's always called. And that one line when Sister Maggie's talking to him about the book of Job and Matt goes, you know what I realized, Job was a pussy. It was just like so kind of out of character for Matt, but in his position and where he came from, it was so in character for him. And I think as Nick was saying earlier, the fact that he essentially was trying to commit suicide, it's just he couldn't do it himself. He was trying to have someone else do it. And that is the mindset that Matt was in. And it didn't come off as whiny. It didn't come off as, you woe know, is me. You weren't annoyed by it. You, you could really see where Matt was coming from and you could understand that. And to me, that just really stood out um, that this was the tone of the of the show in the previous two seasons and i don't want to dwell too much on those but in the previous two seasons we've seen a lighter matt in the beginning of it right and then obviously things transcribe as it goes on but this is where we had matt <clears throat> when we first see him and we know that we're not going to get anything really that's lighthearted. we're not going to get the fluff that we've gotten this is this is the storyline. This is where we're going to go from here. And just to me, that's what really stood out. I thought that was done wonderfully. I'm happy that they didn't focus on how Matt recovered, how not how he recovered, how Matt survived the Midland circle crash. I, I was happy about that. I didn't want to spend too much time on it. And I was afraid that we were going to, we didn't. And that was great. And again, just how they portrayed that really hooked me in. It started off right away right there. And I, I yeah. think to yeah. me that's honestly what got me. Well, yeah, it was yeah, a simple exactly. dream pipe. Like he yeah.
2: he he made it through a dream pipe and that was that was all we needed as far as how he survived it and I totally agree with you. Like don't need to spend too much time on A to B in that situation because the, the story that we're getting to is much more important than that story. Right. Absolutely. It,
0: just, it, it doesn't waste time. Um, and I always feel as though if you're doing sequel, uh, uh, trilogies rather, sorry, um, the first movie sets up the story. The second movie is supposed to deliver the action. The third movie is supposed to finalize everything. So in the third movie, there should be no wasting of time. You set right. up everything. It's now the finalization of everything that you've built. Um, so I felt as though when it started, it started to give you that feeling of like, oh, man, they're not wasting any time whatsoever. They're getting right. They're not anymore. worrying
2: about tying too much shit to Defenders.
0: Right. Exactly. Thank you. And I, I think that the biggest thing of this season that um, uh, that, that I loved, and I'm not going
2: too, too far ahead,
0: don't worry, um, is... Uh, the the bottom line of this season is, um, you know, what do you do when the justice system fails? And I always felt as though when it came to, like, Batman. Like, I always used to, that's the one thing I hated about Batman stories was, all right, you get the Joker arrested on Monday. That guy's out by Tuesday, whether, <laughs> whether it's him breaking out, him bail or whatever. Like, that has to, at some point, really bug you, especially if when he gets out, he does something like injustice. You know what I'm saying? Like, triggers this huge bomb that kills that kills right. thousands or hundreds. Like, at some point, you have to wonder, should there be other avenues that I take when justice, you know, the justice system fails? And that was a huge struggle of Matt this season, so where it was just like, I put this guy in jail, and you let him out. Like, I can't put him back in jail. Like, there has to be something else that I do that finalizes this Threat to the city, um, which leads me to my next question. Uh, as I go to you, Nick, we see the ultimate Trump card being played uh, from Kingston this season. We saw it in season two; uh, he tried to manifest Punisher as his weapon, uh, but that's one guy that you probably should never try to control. Uh, <laughs> right. As Kingston learned very quickly, um, yeah. So he spun it and tried to instead of brainwashing sort of or, or coercing someone to, to doing his bidding, he decided to manifest. To create. He did what Glass is trying to do in the uh, in the Glass movie, to where he says, let's make a villain.
1: Let's make right. a
0: villain. We've tried to, to do these other ways, these unconventional ways with myself. Let's make a villain. And Kingpin did that with what I think in the uh, Marvel Netflix universe, is possibly going to be the best villain to date. Nick, my question is to you. What were your thoughts on our introduction to Death that I thought was sick? But I won't get into it. I'll let you get into it so I don't ruin anything about what you might be uh, about to say. What were your thoughts on the introduction of
2: Death? Dude, I fucking loved it. Like, First of all, like his his ultimate introduction, I think it was in episode two. Um, like, when he just, like, shows up and starts taking out everybody, um, was super cool, and of course we saw that in his trailer, so we knew that was coming, um, but nevertheless, it was so, like, super cool to see it, like, play out in, in, like, real-time fashion as far as the show's concerned, um, and just to see, like, his, the, the way, like, he broke him down, um, like, and, well, that the way to see how Daredevil, or I'm sorry, how Kingpin broke him down, but also to see how he essentially, um, like, to see that character evolve, and to see that character, like, make up, um, such a, a strange arc, because, you know, we, we get to see, obviously, this, this, um, meeting between him and the police psychiatrist um and it sets up so much because you know he he basically says you know i you know i have this woman that i you know i talk to and you know we we have pizza night and all that and then we get this set up um as far as you know him just watching her from a distance and you're like, all right, so like you don't really have that connection, but this is this is your like um, kind of false connection, uh, or or at least like your your manufactured connection to the existing world, um, and that's that's what he's built for himself, and that's what he chooses to build build uh, his life upon, um, and obviously we get so much more of that later on in the series um but the fact that like kingpin is able to not only identify with him because of like his basically his his character and 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 who he is and how misunderstood he is um but also uh, like how he's able to manipulate that and essentially turn him into his tool um, and how obviously um, as we have stated before, this is a spoiler podcast uh, that inevitably backfires in the long run um, because of Kingpin's, uh, you know, decision-making which we, 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 we catch much later down the road, but like, their relationship is something that is is very intricate and very similar um as far as their characters um and honestly if i had one complaint uh well i i i i would have a couple um but but one of my few complaints is that like the way that they portray their relationship there's obviously like no um coming back from uh where they're at now, very least it would take uh, extreme circumstances and it would be totally different um than where they are now um but uh but yeah i mean he like kingpin totally could have groomed him. Uh, for a very, very, very long time. Um, But obviously they kind of fast-tracked that for um, uh, story purposes, which I understand. Um, But, yeah, like, I mean, just brilliant, brilliant screenwriting.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I I think what, what blew me away about Deck the most wasn't even the scenes that we see Deck as an adult. Uh, to be quite honest with you, what drew right. me away was the look into his childhood. Yeah, um, it, you know what it reminded to, to me of? The, real
2: quick, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just it reminded me of um the um the weird little sequences in and I don't know if you've watched it, Juan, but the weird little sequences in um in Legion, um where there's these like scenes where it's like a white background, um, and it's it's like a voice voiceover type thing that is like describing just like um, essences of life, basically, uh, like like um, like stories of life. Uh, not not even stories, but just like um, rhetoric, uh, and it, it it's it's describing like um, it's just the, the basics of life, and there's this, like, it, it, the way that they can use that to tie into everything, it very much reminded me of how Legion was able to do that, and uh, I just thought that was super cool, the way that they were able to tie in, um, especially, like, him, him like, as a, as a young pitcher and all of that stuff and everything else, um, and the black and white that they used um, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as um, dynamic as Legion was able to pull off, um, the, you know, because they're, you know, obviously different shows and different um, fabrics that make up their shows. Um, but nevertheless, it, 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 it gave me like a, 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 a very much uh, parallel to uh, what they did uh, in Legion.
0: Yeah, no, the parallels I I was going to make between uh, Legion and uh, what they were doing with Dex was the gaping hole uh, that both of those characters had in their lives that they were looking for someone to fill. Um, We see in Legion, he got that with a girlfriend, and we see Dex got that with what he believed Kingpin was was trying to be, Um, which was that father figure in his life, or even just someone that actually cared about him um, on the level that we saw his therapist did, um, you know, and <laughs> I will say what made me just fangirl just completely, like, I, I think I even screamed when I saw it, was when you first see his hat, when I first saw his hat, I think I went banana, with the bullseye on his hat, I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> like, I think I just started screaming, I was just like, this is so freaking cool, we're getting bullseye. Um, And then just to see uh, how important uh, perfection was for him as a kid, just getting things right, nailing it, everything always being on target, Um, just to see how he killed his coach (laughs) with the baseball, which is like, oh, man, like this is just insane. Um, And just to see how broken Dex was. Um, I believe you alluded to it a little bit, Nick, but I wanted to go back to it some more. Uh, That seems to where Kingpin um, is being ambushed, and all of the FBI agents are just being taken out one by one by one. And then Dex comes in and is just nailing these guys left to right. I was just like, oh, man. Like, they they casted right. Uh, They wrote right. Um, They just completely captured bullseye in this guy. Um, And I was just blown away by what they were able to do um, story-wise, for that, I mean, a lot of times when you get introductions to big villains, um, they don't really have that much meat to them. Um, you know, like obviously they're there to be the villain. That, that's the biggest thing. Uh, and what I loved about Dex was, uh, and I've been saying this, Nick, I, I, uh, Nick and Thea, I think this year for Marvel has been, we're going to, you know how usually people create villains for you to hate them. Marvel was just like, listen, we're creating villains that you reason with. It was just like, Alright, we'll we'll see how that goes. Boom, Killmonger, boom, Thanos. boom, now Dex. Um, and even if you want to some degree, um, Kingpin. Uh just his love um that we'll get into, but I did love the the introduction to Dex, but not from Dex as the adult. Dex as a kid, just to kind of see where it came from. Uh see how he got to who he is now. Uh, Batia, what, what were your thoughts on our first introduction of Dex?
1: Um, I kind of love that Dex, when you first meet him, is a background character. If we right. remember, it's all Ray bringing in Wilson, and you kind of get a glimpse of Dex in the background. You know, in other previous yeah. villains, they're kind of like really at the forefront. You know this is a villain. And the other, you're kind of like, hey, where is Dex right now? that's how you're introduced to him is as a background character and to see from the introduction of that to how he is in the final episode is amazing and I when that car flipped over and the Albanians are trying to get to them and Dex is just like you know slaying them it's like this was Dex's moment this was the moment that it's like okay this is going to be a defining moment that we're going to see this is when Fisk looks at this guy and makes the decision, like he did with Frank Castle, because I love that observation before, um, that he's going to take this guy in and he's going to use it. I mean, that was the moment that Fisk knew that this is what he wanted to do with Dex. Dex's fate (laughs) and his future was pretty much signed at that moment because Wilson Fisk is an opportunist, and that's what he saw in Dex. You know, what did he keep saying? Oh, I've never seen a talent like yours. And it's the same thing that he was saying to Frank Castle, to trying to get him on his side, which doesn't work. And so I love that about um, Dex. The childhood scenes were really interesting that they were shot that way in black and white with Fisk. Looking at it um, from like a bird's eye view, almost. So, and we really yeah. got to see like my number one thing, though, because I literally rewatched the show again after I watched it initially, and I was like, <laughs> "How the hell this? How how this guy become an FBI agent? I mean, it clearly has some major issues that are they not should have really been diagnosed resolved in the
2: military." <laughs>
1: exactly i mean how did this guy go from the military to the fbi yeah i guess so (laughs) that's something that you
0: just can't turn down someone that can be that accurate uh in in their marksmanship that's something that i'm pretty sure they would ignore red flag just as long as he stayed on their side
1: i mean that was crazy how he killed his baseball coach like with such anger i mean this little child just oh you took me off the mat I don't like that I'm gonna kill this guy and that was just like that really again showed that this is a guy that if he didn't have that side of him would be a relatively good person but because he then can switch so fast is a truly dangerous human being to face Mm. off against yes yeah
0: and I I think the Excuse me. The, the whole thing of and it was a great point you just brought up. <laughs> if not for the fact that he is a murderous, like almost sociopath, he seems
1: like a really nice guy.
0: <laughs> it's weird because it's like when you kind first of. see him. When you first see him, he wants to uphold the law. He wants to make sure that that Kingpin pays for for his sins. He blames Kingpin for him pretty much almost almost losing his job over just completely murdering all of those people um, and then it's just like a switch and then you see what happened to him that got him to the point where he is this on and off switch um, and I love that because it set it up to so where it's just like alright yeah it's this cop that because I'll admit I'll be honest Tia I don't know if you're familiar with um, the story arc that they took for the season from the comics in the comics um, Dex was this this officer, um, who Daredevil stole the, the light from. So, you know, instead of the cops getting the, uh, you know, the, the accolades and everything for, for saving the day, it got to Daredevil. So, Dex got angry enough to challenge Daredevil one-on-one, and when he just got washed, that's what, what first Dex into becoming bullseye, into wanting to purely kill Daredevil. Um, and it was purely out of jealousy. So I was always curious, were they going to go that route um, in the show? And pleasantly enough, they didn't. And I say pleasantly because the way they decided to go worked. It was fine. I didn't mind him being the tool um, that Kingpin was pointing uh, so he could achieve his ultimate goal. I thought that was fine. I was okay with Dex just being a weapon. Um but it was really interesting how they decided to go deeper.
1: Uh,
0: I mean, because you could look at uh, bullseye that we got from season three and then look at Collins from the movie. They're drastically different. Um, they are drastically yeah. different characters, to which I love. Because I was wondering, when you do bullseye, how are you going to do it? Obviously, I knew they weren't going to do the same exact one that we got from the movie. But I was wondering how different it would be. And it was very different. Now, yeah. Um, before we get completely off the deck, I wanted to bring up a character. I wanted to make sure I brought up early, so I made sure I did not forget to mention him because he was a favorite of mine this season. Oh, Nadim. To, yes, thank you, Nick. Yes. Thank you. He was my favorite, so I'll let you. I'll let you take it away, then. Then I'll I'll fill in right after you. But go ahead. What were your thoughts on on the introduction of Nadim?
2: Dude, it was crazy because like the way they introduced him was like a hard cut and then you just like drop right into Nadim and his situation. And it was weird. It was like it I, and and granted, I was like, this is they're going to tie this together. Like this is like this is not going to be like they're not going to make this um a situation where they develop this much time to a character where he's not pivotal. Um, And I, I I wasn't wrong. Um, They, I mean, obviously we'll get to it, but he was very pivotal into the um, storyline of this, this whole season. Um, But no, I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was like the way they did it too. Like I, I don't, I don't remember where exactly the drop was, but like, I definitely remember it just being like, "Where the fuck? What, what, what's happening now? Like, where are we going? Like, who who are these people? Like, um, and as they're introduced, and as his story is introduced, it's it's it it adds an element to it um, both of family, um, both uh, and also like humanity, like." um obviously the 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 humanity part comes later as far as just his decision making and 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 his actions and what he chooses to do um but i thought like wow what a great way to um just have a character who's not a comic book character he's not anybody of any real importance um as far as, you know, to to the comic book world, but he's really important to the story. Um, and, man, he just, like, a, a man who is pushed up against the wall from the beginning who is just trying to make a name for himself so he can make enough money to um, recoup the money that he sunk into um saving his brother's wife uh because of you know her situation, uh I think it was cancer. And, you know, like just your 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 typical um I guess I, I wouldn't say Robin Hood, but like just a a a do gooder, um who is is faced with several bad situations throughout the show, um, and I just, I thought the way they developed this character, the way they just dropped him in, first of all, was awesome. Like, the way that they just, like, were like, boom, here's this character, and you're like, how is this gonna all add up? Um, but they they do a, such a good job of making it all add up, and uh, just was fantastic and i uh i really I, I i can't give enough praise to the way that these um showrunners develop these side characters uh in Daredevil because specifically Daredevil uh Jessica Jones i think does a really good job of side characters as well um but um specifically Daredevil like this side character probably like the best non-comic book side character that they've developed um, in my opinion and his arc is just so pivotal to everything that goes on in the story and they do such a good job of setting him up as a character who is so morally sound and and, and so back into a wall, and how he will um essentially like uh figure it all out um and honestly like um i'm just gonna i'm gonna, i'm gonna go ahead and throw out a spoiler alert spoiler alert um when he is confronted with the situation um of basically figuring everything out and, and, and and turning on um, this and shit goes sideways. Um, Like that particular scene to me is so poetic as to who his character is. And um, they do a great job of balancing not only who he is and what he stands for, but also like, who who matters most to him, and what he's willing to give up uh, it, to protect those people that are closest to him, which is such a parallel to pretty much Daredevil and every character um, that is involved. And that's just brilliant screenwriting. Like the fact that they were able to pull that off with that character and they were able to write that particular storyline, me, is just brilliant fucking writing, and I I commend them one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I mean the biggest thing I took from uh, Nadim was
2: <clears throat> when
0: it showed you uh, how dangerous uh, desperation uh, can be. Um, yes. this was a guy who just wanted to provide for his family. He got so desperate, he leaped into a situation. He did not scout whatsoever, not even a shred. Um, there were just so many loopholes in everything that he was doing uh, that that just missed him because he didn't he didn't think to look. Um, and like I said, it just shows you just how dangerous uh, desperation is. And what I loved about his character, because I know it's, it's me saying that kind of makes it seem like I didn't love his character. What I loved about his character was uh, in his nature. Excuse me. He was pure. There was nothing dirty about him. Like he didn't take Mm -hmm. shortcuts or anything to, you know, to get to the top. Like he didn't secretly kill someone to get to the. Like he didn't do any of that. He thought he was doing it by the book and all, uh, all the right way. Um, like I thought, what was gonna happen was he was gonna do one of these raids and steal money, and Kingpin would see that and then use him. Um, as like an informant and then hold that over him. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't go that route, um, that they thought outside of the box, that they thought of, how about we make someone so pure that one small instance that he didn't even do himself is what would be his, his downfall um, of instead of him being his own downfall. So mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I thought that was genius to have someone uh, as a side character that's so pure in a show full of corruption, by the way, someone who is so pure, um, that it's someone else to you before I just completely go bananas with my love for character. Um What were your thoughts on the introduction of his character?
1: Oh, I absolutely love Nadim. Spoiler alert. Um, so sad what happened to his character. Um, I love that you first meet him and he's with his family. And at first you're like, why do I care about this guy? And he is obviously talking about financial problems with his wife. She couldn't even pick up the turkey because they couldn't pay for it. They're desperate. And I like almost how the show tricked you because you don't know that he's an FBI agent. All you see is that this guy is desperate. And next thing you know, he has a gun. And he's in a car and he's getting out and you're like, Are they gonna show him robbing a bank? What's going on here? And no, not at all. He just oh my went God. in. And completely yeah. that. That's
2: <laughs> such a good fucking point. Like, yes, thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's just I, I had to I had to give you recognition for that. Like it's such a good point.
1: Yeah, and, and that was so fantastic. So you think and What we see on TV in the movies, it was so predictable that that was what was going to happen. And it did. And he just went in and kind of did what a lot of us do when we're needing money. We go to our boss and we're like, where's my raise at? I deserve this and she's given him some BS reason you know oh I'm protecting you that's why I'm not giving you this uh, this review and that's why you're not getting a raise in the past three years this guy hasn't gotten a raise in three years and he's just so almost happy that this whole thing with Wilson Fisk is giving him an opportunity to take down bad guys which makes him be viewed in a better light which gives him the opportunity to make more money and it's so unfortunate that what really could have saved his family ended up being his downfall and he didn't deserve any of it it was just fisk being an opportunist again taking advantage of someone as you guys said who was so pure who his only drive was just to take care of his family not to get rich essentially he just needed more money take care of his family and he did i mean he gave money to make sure his sister-in-law could go to her chemo treatment so i loved nadim um i i i just think that his character the fact that he always did try to do the right thing even at times when you were like dude just give it up the fact that he went to his boss's house to try to reveal everything. And then obviously we find out that she's been working for Wilson Fisk. And then he even was willing to go to jail for five years just to make sure that not only the truth gets out there, but that his family would be protected. He tried at every turn to do the right thing and it really just all shot up in his face.
2: Yeah, and by the way, like I totally thought I was I was waiting for him to get shot in that scene. Like I knew something was going to happen when he went to that scene and all of the fucking like she was like, I'm I'm remodeling my house, blah 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 blah. Mm. I thought I thought she and 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 um I forget his name, but dude buddy were gonna be in on it and I thought he was gonna get shot and that was gonna be like the big reveal. and, and I was like, Don't do it like, don't do that, and they didn't, and, like, the fact that, like, she shot Dude Buddy, because I can't remember his name, uh, (laughs) and, like, they completely made this, like, pivot, and then, obviously, uh, token British dude walks in, and, like, everything from there happens as it does, and they put the gun in the bag and everything else, like, I was, like, I was blown away by that scene. That scene was fucking amazing. And like his reaction to it too was just like, Oh my fucking God, like what have I got myself into? And obviously that was the big turning point for him. Um, as far as like having to serve Wilson Fisk. And, um, obviously we see later that, uh, he, uh, Essentially, it was like, fuck that. But at the time, like, he felt like he had no other option. And uh, that was a brilliantly played out scene.
1: I actually, I love the scene when um, Nadim walks into the room where all the other FBI agents are. And he's like, seriously, guys, all of you as well are on Wilton Fisk's side." Yes. To me, I love that because you just see the utter like loss of faith in the system in right. Nadine's face in that one moment, and of course, it's his utter dread is contrasted to Dex essentially being smug because at this point, Dex has realized his place within this enterprise and he's feeling good about himself whereas Nadeem is probably feeling at one of his most low points. So I like the contrast. Right. And they're both at opposite ends of the room. Um I, I just loved all of that. That scene I really yes. like, even though it was like a split second.
2: That yeah, it's a fucking great point. Great scene.
1: Yeah, I just I love the character Nadim. Um again And this whole entire show is spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched the show, I guess don't (laughs) listen to it. But I I was so utterly sad what happened to him. I mean, that took me for a ride itself because, I don't know, you don't expect that to happen. You think, obviously, he's the good person. He's going to survive this season. And no, nothing nothing happened at the end. No one saved him. The gun didn't jam. Dex didn't decide to spare him. He ended up dying and that was just I that was so sad to me because Jay Ali was so good at portraying nadim I wanted to see more and but you know he, he died and his video is is what helped took down Fitz so essentially exactly. he, he died not to sound too corny but he died a hero he yeah I and, to, uh, and
2: like you said like his his video made the difference it was it was the the pinnacle of the the of the the season um in in um bringing down fisk and like and and f y i too um the way they shot that the way that they were able to um shoot like just his like sort of confession or his his um uh essentially like um a plea or whatever to to his wife and his child um, in the in the you know beginning part, and then later revealed the fact that he had all this other information that he tacked onto that video um, and how they roped all that in. Just brilliant like storytelling like that that was amazing. And I, I, I don't know. I just loved it.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you guys. But I want, I want to before we go any further with characters or character development, I want to go to two particular. Yeah, we themes. went. We went hard on the
2: DM, Sorry, <laughs> You went super hard on the Deem.
0: Uh, so I'm pretty sure we got all the themes taken care of. Uh, yeah.
1: But
0: I want, to, I want to go to two specific themes that jumped out to me. Um, within episodes one, I think it was between, all right, so specific episodes. I think one that I'm going to talk about was episode three and the other one was episode six. Um, and those two scenes were the first scene was um, the prison scene, which whenever you hear that, oh, you oh immediately my God, yeah. you immediately go, there's no better prison scene than what the Punisher gave you. And albeit right. that was brutal, this was, like, Daredevil each season, since they had that hallway scene, tries to to top it each season. Last season we saw was when um, he was helping Frank. Uh, Frank was unconscious. He had his hand taped with the gun and had the chain in the other hand. And this season is the prison fight to where Fisk is um, telling Matt, like, "I, I pretty much know who you are. Do you remember the promise that I made you? Uh, telling you that I would I would kill everyone you love, um, pretty much not for you coming after me, but for for you coming after Vanessa. Um, and oh my god! You see Matt like trying to get out of the room after the the fake doctor tries to give him the uh, the sedatives. And when the door opens, I was just like, oh my god, they're about to give us another one of these always scenes. The door opens, he walks out. You see one inmate come. Uh, from straight on, then the camera slightly pans to the right. You see another inmate come, and then it is just on. Uh, man, <laughs> I, geez, I'm, jeez, i like, freaking out just thinking about this scene all over again. Matt went bananas. But let me just set up the two scenes, and then I'm going to direct the question to, to both of you. So that's the one scene that just blew me completely away. The other scene is when we finally see Dex, first suit up is Daredevil. And the idea, the fight between him and Matt was amazing. That's not what blew me away. What blew me away was what reminded me of Colin Farrell's bullseye, which was how he could make anything that was throwable a weapon. Just (laughs) seeing him throw pencils at Matt, I think he threw like a stapler. Like he was making everything a weapon. And I was just like, man, if only we could have had this in the Bullseye costume, how accurate they got this character. Someone who is, is who never missed. And what I loved was I was just like, oh, man, like, Matt, since he can, like, hear, he's going to, like, dodge all of these. Like, is Bullseye going to be able to be Bullseye? And with Matt being able to hear where he was, Dex was still able to nail Matt with, with, with some shots. Um, which ultimately led Matt to saying, "Like I can't fight this guy from a distance. I gotta fight him head-on," um, because Dex was just so lethal. So my question goes to you first here. Out of those two scenes, which one would you say was the better scene out of this the two—the prison escape or Dex first suiting up or Dex's attack on the Bulletin?
1: Okay, first of all, that question is entirely unfair. Um, but I have to say, <laughs> I'm really happy you brought up the prison fight. Before I get my answer, it it's funny. So last night, you know, I did the top ten with uh, with Chris and Leo, and we were talking about um, mo- uh, memorable moments within the Netflix uh, Marvel arena. And of course, we had to mention Frank Castle's prison fight. And we, I mean, we praised obviously John Bernthal is the Punisher up and down because that's just what people do And but I kept saying to them you know I wish we could talk about Daredevil season 3 because we didn't and Chris and Leo hadn't even finished it I go I wish we could have talked about this because as much as I love Frank Castle as much as I love that prison fight uh, scene I go nothing can compare to what we witnessed in Daredevil season 3 and I said I wish we could talk about it because it was so insane insane that scene um so i don't even know but i would have to say honestly as much as i love that scene that if you're gonna go with the two facing off with each other um i'm gonna pick the uh the bullseye uh versus daredevil um scene because that shit was crazy um first of all seeing dex in The Daredevil costume was just, like, because even though all you saw was, like, the lower jaw, you still know that something's not right here. This is not Matt Murdock. This is not the good Daredevil. It was, like, almost just more dangerous seeing him impersonating Daredevil. And the way that Dex moved was almost, like, inhuman, just the way he was moving along the bulletin and throwing shit at Matt was just, it was something almost out of a video game, I want to say. That's like the speed and accuracy that we were seeing was just uh, my, I didn't breathe that whole entire scene. That thing, that scene was just fucking amazing. I couldn't get over it. Um, I was scared the whole entire time. I thought it was, I just, whew. It was awesome. Yeah. That scene, I definitely have to give 100% to that scene.
0: And what what drove me crazy about that scene the most was um first of all, let me just say, I got to I got to find the the showrunner and the writers and just make sure we interview them and give them so much praise.
1: Oh, they deserve the, the it. Idea,
0: the choreography alone was amazing, but one shot got me. And it was when um uh Dex threw the, I think it was like a pencil or like a ruler, towards Foggy. And I was just like, man, oh. in the comics, he killed Electra. So I was, I was, let me not say hoping, but I did think this was Karen's last season. Like, Karen was going to be the one to bite the bullet. Um, and the season kind of built up to that, but we'll get into Karen. It kind of felt like it was going to be Karen's end. Um, and when he threw it at, at uh Foggy, I was just like, oh man, is Foggy gonna be the fall guy in this season? Is Foggy's gonna die. And then when Matt catches it in his in like uh with, with his uh with the wrap around his head, I was just like, oh my god, like it's about to be on then. And then the choreography <laughs> between the two of those guys taking on each other was insane. And last thing I'll say before I pass it to you, Nick, with the same question is, uh, Dex. I thought Henry Cavill had the greatest jawline in the history of the <laughs> This guy that plays deck, man, could you open up a, a, a can with that chin. That is a sharp <laughs> chin that that guy has. Sharp uh, jawline, sharp chin. Um, man, wow.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> man, same question the escape uh the escape of the prison versus the attack on the bulletin what was the better thing
2: god that is so hard fuck uh, <laughs> um first of all your comedic timing is is unmatched by any 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 other uh cuz that was <laughs> hilarious um but no i mean the <sighs> fuck i it 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 is an impossible uh parallel because they're both so good. Um that for the sake of not selecting the same, I'm going to go with the uh the prison break uh scene just to just to touch on that a little bit more. Um because the fact that like A, like he goes in there uh obviously, um, basically, uh, saying he's foggy, um, and the fact that he's able to get in there, and, you know, he, he, obviously, he's trying to find the, the head Albanian dude, um, and how all of that shit breaks down, and essentially how that scene opens up, uh, the fact that that door just cracks open and then he opens it and then it's like, Oh yeah, we're about to get into it. Um, that scene does not compare to the stairwell scene, nor does it compare to the hallway scene, um, in their respective seasons. Uh, but it, it is, um, it is on that similar level if you will um and the, the 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 fact that it like essentially like he is is already kind of weakened um and he, he can't like fight to his best ability and he's fighting three different dudes and he can still fight them off and the fact that he meets up with the Albanian the head Albanian dude and he gets the information he needs. Um and then he gets let out of the prison. Um and, and the and the way it is shot, like the way that um obviously like it's 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 and this has been a big thing with me with um some of the other Netflix shows, Marvel Netflix shows. Like, give us more of those Streamline, like, or I—I honestly, I guess, non-streamline, like, just steady shots, like, like no, no take shots that they do with Daredevil because those are awesome, like, those are so fucking cool, and they do it, like, I mean, he he goes out into the hallway, fights off those motherfuckers. Gets thrown back into the room, uh, you know, fights off those motherfuckers, and he goes back onto the hall, and it's all one shot, like no fucking takes, no breaks. It's all in in the mix as one shot, um, and that is so hard to do, and 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 so hard to make it like seem genuine, and they do it so well, and they pull it off again, and like that was. Um, that was the shot that I was like waiting for um and they delivered it kind of early um as they as they have done traditionally uh and it it was just it was fantastic and like the fact that that ends with him you know essentially again like being like defeated and picked up by this dude and you're like how, how is how is he gonna like he he can barely fucking stand, how is he going to fight this guy, and then it's like, oh, he's an Albanian, and oh, here's the head of the Albanians, and it was, it was perfect timing, perfect, uh, as far as, you know, what he was there to achieve, what, what he needed to find, Um, and, you know, he got his information, and the way that they got him out to, like that, that was amazing, the way that, um, you know, essentially the, the, the the main Albanian boss was like, all right, get him out of here, um, and the, like, maze that they run through to get out of the prison was just as fucking awesome as the fight scenes, like, and, and especially, like, how Matt was able to be like, hey, like, no, 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 wait, 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 all right, no, 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 We can't go left. Let's go right. Like I, I know, but, but like let's go this way because they're down that way. Um, all of those little nuances to uh, to the uh, scene were fucking awesome. And so I, 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 as much as I hate to do so, uh, I will give the nod to that scene. I don't really feel that. I just want. I just wanted to, um, just talk about the scene because we didn't we didn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I mean, I, I'm with you, because I love came right after that, uh, which was <laughs> the guy in the taxi trying to kill Matt, uh, Matt, uh, so oh, yeah. locked the doors, and then hopped out the car. I was just like, Matt is just on this continuous, horrible day. Like, I don't think there's anyone alive that could be like, man, I've had a day worse than that. Like, that was a <laughs> no. continuous, horrible day for Matt. Um, and it was just, It was to the point where it was just, like, you started to feel, like, as a viewer, like, is there anybody that (laughs) isn't under Fisk's tape? Like, Matt's taxi driver was. (laughs) Like, that's insane. And then we come to find out Fisk had eyes everywhere. So that was how he was able to always be a step ahead. Like, no matter what someone was talking about or planning or talking to, he was a step ahead. He always either had an ear in a room, a guy in a room, a camera in a room, someone in the room. Um, a in
2: the, in the phone conversation that he has with Fisk in that room, too, when he realizes that Fisk knows who he is, like, yeah. that is so fucking dramatic and so powerful. Um, and like... When that and, and that's when that door opens, and he's just like, "Fuck! Like, yes. how fuck I am mean, I gonna I, get out of here?" And he, I, I mean, the... and and essentially, like, he realizes that he's like, "I can't get out of here on my own. I gotta find this Albanian dude," and he does. Um, I don't know if he he had that thought, but like when he finds him, he's like please like fucking help me dude like i can't i can't do this alone
0: (laughs) i thought the
1: craziest sorry (laughs) no go ahead go ahead ahead. (laughs) to me the craziest part in that scene is when he's being taken out and you see because obviously now the the prison's in lockdown smoke screens everywhere and he's going through the halls and people are just fucking murdering each other and it's yes. really dark and it's really intense and it's like we you know with daredevil and the punisher those shows are really dark to a degree that we don't really see in the other marvel shows i mean these are supposed to be uh comic book shows and people are getting their throat slit blood is everywhere it's you know as cops uh, are getting as, shanked
2: by inmates
1: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he's Daredevil, and he's a superhero, but that has, to me, I feel like that has to be frightening no matter what. You're, you know, being dragged through this prison that, like, essentially because of you, people are dying and getting killed, and it is just insane. when he finally gets into that cab, and he's just like, go, go, take me home, and you're relieved with him, you know, until, obviously, Mm -hmm. then he goes head person to a freaking, you know, the river, so. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was just one of those things where it was just like, man, horrible day to be Matt Murdock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, l- let's move on to a character that I can definitely 100% say has annoyed me since her debut in season one um, and did not fail me this season, Sharon Page. Uh, yes. I, uh, I
1: can't
2: wait.
0: Man, man, listen, let me say this. Let me start by saying this because I'm not one of those people that attaches a character to an actress. Deborah, I think, is a fantastic actress. Um, my issues with Karen have zero to do with Deborah. Zero.
2: Let me let me state that to begin with. Oh, you still got your issues with Karen, then.
0: Oh, no, no, I absolutely have my issues with Karen, but I don't want to make it seem... Like, I think Deborah's a bad actress or a horrible actress, and that's what my issue is. My issue is I I don't like when you have a character, and Arrow does this also with the character Felicity, it is okay for a man and a female to just be really good friends. That is possible. It happens. And I hate how Daredevil took something that should have just been friends and then... I feel, polluted it by creating a relationship that should not have been created, uh, especially when your end game was to bring in a lecturer, for Matt to fall back in love with a lecturer. It was just like, no, you didn't need to have a love interest to set up the actual love interest. Like, to me, I, I hated that. And then too much of their relationship was more of a love interest than it was just being best friends to each other. And I thought it would have been a better dynamic to have her, Foggy, and Matt just be great friends, no attraction whatsoever. We see Foggy has his, uh, you know, his love interest. It had Electra that should have that should have been where it went instead of involving Matt and Karen. I just felt like it muddied things uh, for unnecessary reasons. Um, but my biggest mm-hmm. issue with with Karen in this season um, was I feel like she got somewhat too much of the focus. And I will say one thing that Daredevil, Yeah, one thing that I think Daredevil's able to do that not a lot of shows are is spread the screen time to where it doesn't feel as though uh, people are being robbed of screen time. Like, I felt as though I saw Kingpin, Dex, Matt, Foggy, and Karen all the same amount of time. Like, I I don't feel as though anyone was left out too much, uh, you know, more than the others. But... Sure. I kind of felt as though that whole episode where it was the story arc of what happened to Karen, uh, what brought her to uh, New York, like, all that was just, like, I didn't feel like Karen was, like, okay, here's my biggest disappointment of why I hated that backstory. I thought it was a nation to her end. Like, it was, it was showing you, like, man, don't you really love this character we're about to kill off? Instead it was, man, don't you really love this character we're about to keep around for, it seems, however many seasons there that was going to be around? And I was just like, oh, no, please, you killed off the wrong love interest. Why would you let Electra go and keep Karen? Why? Um, so that was that was just my issue. I, I thought they were setting something up that it would go. I some comments
1: on that.
0: Right. It would go like the comic. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'll pass it right to you. Uh, like it would go like the comic in um, – Dex would end up killing someone that Matt loved, whether it be Foggy, Electra, or Karen. And none of the above happened. So that's what I think I'm mostly disappointed about. But Nick, well, I would go to you first. Um, your thoughts on Karen Page in season three. Well he killed he killed
2: the priest. So that was that was what Yeah, that was Karen. That
0: that was something that was someone important to Matt, but that wasn't something like when Electra died. That tore Matt up. And yes. if Karen had no, died, that would
2: have done that would have done the same exact thing. I I agree. It wasn't the same impact. Um and when when he when he threw the thing and it and um it, it ended up hitting uh Father Maxie, I think is his name. Um, Lantham Landham? Ram yeah, brother Hold on, hold on. Um, I got the name right like here. Father
1: Lantham.
2: Yeah, that that's it. Father Lantham. Um when it ended up hitting him, like I knew I was like, All right, she's not gonna die. Like that I knew at that point she wasn't gonna die. Um, I held out
0: hope to the end credit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh well you've been on that train with Dane for a while that uh uh she'd get killed off. Um, I've always been a fan of her character. I thought um they did uh really good job with her character throughout the uh um both shows and even in the Punisher um and i really i don't know i really loved her like episode because like, when they because they, they set it up early in this season, like she um talks to that uh um woman um uh, whose father owned the hotel that um, uh, this spot and when she talks to him, and she says, you know, um, you know, where to get around town, you know, I I lost my brother at a young age, and you know, it doesn't matter what what you can say, but you know, people will still say like, people still said like I killed my brother. Um, I did think um, they made somewhat of a contradiction with that because um, her father told her to get out of town like right after it happened. So how was she to know that what people said around town um, if, you know, she was asked to leave town immediately um, after it happened. So I think that was like a small plot hole. Um, But nevertheless, um, the big picture, uh, I... I really liked her backstory. I, I, it was slow. Um, and it was like stark. Like it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, where are we? Um, cause obviously we I mean, when she was like dancing, uh, in, in, in a bra uh, in, in front of like a, a bunch of like fucking college kids it was like, we, we knew we weren't, you know, in, in the timeline of, uh, what was actually happening um so like that was obvious um and maybe they maybe they took a little too long to set it up but i still thought it was really good the way that everything panned out um and it, and then they explained her you know her relationship with her brother and and what happened with him um and they set that up earlier in the season And they paid it off. And I thought it was really good. I I really did. I thought it delivered a lot of motivation to her character. Um, And the fact that it relays motivation back to season one when she kills Wesley. And then they bring that forward when um, she talks about killing Wesley to both Foggy and Matt. I don't know. I just, I really liked it. I thought it was very intricately placed and well done. And I just think it was a really good, like ooh, kind of subplot point that they could pull out of um, the story that they were working on. Um, I, I again, I just think it's a brilliant storytelling and I I don't know, I thought it was awesome. I I just gotta disagree with you on that, Joan. I think it was it was awesome the way they set that mm-hmm. up. Um and the way uh that they, you know, brought it to fruition and the fact that they didn't kill her, um I don't know. You just watch the end of the uh the season, uh, and, and see how that all plays out and I think it, it was all for the best.
0: Uh, I disagree with that last part. Um, but one problem I, I did have that that you did touch on was um, when they made it seem like in the first season, like she had actually murdered her brother, and I thought what we were gonna get was a scene where she was gonna like shoot her her boyfriend, but like something I, happened and she accidentally shot like her brother. Like I you know what I'm saying. Too.
1: I, I thought, thought that, that was too. gonna
0: happen, and then I'd be like, "Oh man, like she did accidentally kill him." That's where they're coming from, but he died in a car accident. Car accident that she did Well, didn't but she was her. drunk.
2: That that's no. the reason they thought she all like. That's the thing, like that. That's what she was telling the woman in the in the uh, ER room, like, um, no matter what you say, like that. They're, you know, she's basically like saying, "I they're they always thought that I killed them," um, and 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 they set that up perfectly because she doesn't say it in a sense of that she actually like killed them, um, that and, and and like I'm sure that I, in fact, I'm just gonna I want to seed the floor, um, and and um. We'll just let, uh, uh, let it go from here.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, it was just one of those things where it's just like I felt, and I, I'll have to rewatch season one. Season one just made it seem like she had physically killed him. And then when you see this and you see it was in a car crash, um, yes, she was drinking and probably, probably high on something. Um, it wasn't like, her brother was driving, and she grabbed the wheel, and that caused them to, like, I just didn't feel like she, you know what I'm saying, like, when you say, like, oh, my God, she's the one that killed her brother, I'm thinking, like, she actually, like, (laughs) strangled him to death, or, like, stabbed him, shot
1: him, something like that, a
0: car accident, I'm just
1: like, "Ah, yeah,
0: I guess, okay, yeah, she was driving the car, and he died, yeah, I guess, um, but, yeah, that, that just, to me, was just, it was weird, um, just because flashes of season one kept popping up. Um, but, yeah, I will point out the moment you're referring to when she's, um... Oh, no, you were talking about when she was telling Matt and Foggy. I was referring to more when she was telling, um, when she was talking to Kingpin. And
1: <laughs> was
0: like, yeah, you know your best friend, Wesley? Yeah. You know how you always wanted to know who did it? It was me. I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, Karen, he's gonna, he's gonna strangle you to death. Like, why would you <laughs> that, that was such a
1: boss-ass move. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: That was a boss move. I cannot hate on that whatsoever. That was a huge boss move. That was something that I didn't even think I could have the courage to do. Um, just how she just sat in his face and said it like it was like, yeah, do, do something. I was just like, oh, my God, someone please come save this woman. She is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and that added to why I thought Bullseye was going to kill Karen. <laughs> like, so many different things pointed to Karen's death this season, but Tia, I'm going to go to you, because I think I can say the word Karen's death a thousand times, <laughs> uh, but what were your thoughts about the story arc of Karen Page this
1: season? Well, you know, I I really like Karen Page. I have since day one. Um, I know that she has a lot of haters out there, but I've always liked her storyline, um, and the thing is, I have theories as to why really um, if it seemed like the season focused on Karen a lot, I think the two reasons are since day one, people have on the Internet wondered, are we ever going to touch upon Karen's? past life. If you know the comics, you know what happened to her, you know that eventually she falls to drugs. Eventually she contracts HIV. There's the problem, you know, there's the backstory with her brother. I mean, are we ever going to see that? So they manifested on, it would be unrealistic if she went towards the drugs and all that shit now. So they're like, that's going to be her past. That's how we're going to explain that is that this is where she was coming from. This is why she moved from her little, Small town to New York City, and why she has no relationship with her family um and the thing is that you know where it alluded to that she had killed her brother, and it seemed really more so like it was nothing like you know she didn't kill him is that we're pretty much given the idea that Karen is the is the town troublemaker, the deputy chief knows that she you know, is problematic. He knows that she hangs out with the bad person in town. So just that on top of the fact that she was drunk and high driving and the brother, I think that people like to make rumors and they like to say things. And so, and because her father really, you could tell, put all the blame on Karen. I think that's why Karen sits there and says, I killed him. You know, I killed my brother. And another reason why I think, again, we had such the focus on her is that there was the – once we knew that Bullseye was coming into the show, everyone was like, Karen's dying. And the fact that they still – I mean, I don't think they still have announced it, but if Deborah Ann Wool is even in Punisher Season 2 – We don't know, but especially before Daredevil Season 3 premiered, people were like, well, they haven't announced it because obviously she dies in this. So I think that the show wanted to play on that fear a little for the fans to wonder if this is the last we're going to see of Karen. And I think that's why it focused so much on her. I loved the background story episode. I thought that it was really telling of... These small towns in America, where families are just trying to get by, and just I I love the feel of it. It didn't feel like a comic book uh, show at that point. It just felt like a drama, and I felt really bad for this girl because it could you could tell how much she loved her brother, and just the blame that her father put huh?
2: It felt like Fargo.
1: It felt like yes. Oh my! I was trying to think like what is this? remind me of it It felt like fargo and i loved the background of it um you know and when she when they were in that church and bullseye threw whatever the hell he threw at karen and she like closes her eyes and you have that moment of like background silence i was like this is it this is it this is happening And then she gasped, and then it's the father, and I was like, oh, come on. I mean, I didn't want Karen to die, but I didn't want the priest to die either. I mean, (laughs) oh, my God. Yeah, but uh, that's how I felt about Karen. And, you know, kind of bouncing off what you said before, Juwan, I was really happy that they didn't make any attempt to get Matt and Karen back in a romantic sense. It was just these two Mm -hmm. people are friends and we need to reestablish the friendship. It doesn't matter about the romance in it. That's gone and it should stay gone. I like that it was just friends and they were showing the importance of Friendship with them, I I really appreciate that they didn't try and go back onto a romantic bullshit with that because I hated that I hated that in season two. Yeah,
0: well, my biggest my biggest issue with that was uh, in, in season one where it kind of felt like they were building up to something between Matt and um and Karen. It reminded me of and I'll use the example again Arrow in how um you know, in the comics, Oliver Queen is with, and Arrow is finding every excuse not to have him with Dinah. And I was just like, all right, so you're blatantly looking at the comics and just going, nope, nope, I'll never do it. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, well, like, I'm looking at Daredevil, and I'm like, all right, well, if he's with Karen, how can he be with
1: Elektra? And, and that then, was like, just they
0: the- Elektra. And, I was and like, that was just right. BS
1: that whole thing. I mean, I hated that where it's like it really made you like as a from a female perspective, it really made you hate Matt. You're like, how could you do that to Karen? She, not only are you trying to do a romantic sense thing but she's your friend and you're as soon as this girl comes back into your life all of a sudden it's like Karen who but you're not going to tell Karen you're just going to string her along while you're trying to figure shit out with your crazy ex-girlfriend so to me like from a female perspective I was like I hate this bullshit The well, crazy
0: thing is I remember I was telling Joelle I was like ha ah, don't uh, don't enjoy Karen too long she's going to die. Matt's meant to be with Electra. And then season two was like, hi, Juwan, we're going to kill Electra and keep Karen. And I was just
1: like, no! Like, please don't do this to me.
0: <laughs> so I was really happy that they brought Electra back for Defenders, because I was just like, oh, come on, guys, really? You finally I give me Electra and then you have Matt fall for her again, and then you want to kill her? And keep Karen? Um, again? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then kill her again. I was just like, you guys are killing me here, man. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was funny that you said that from a female's perspective, because I can completely understand that. As soon as Electra came, Matt not only said, forget Karen, he said, forget Foggy, forget fighting, uh, forget protecting, um, the innocents, being a lawyer,
1: forget all of it.
0: <laughs> like, I'm only focused on Electra. Um, yeah, that's so just some
1: powerful shit there that Electra has that type of pull on that, which I was so happy that they didn't bother to rebring back Electra in season three because that would have been a whole other bullshit. Um, so happy that they didn't try to really do anything romantic except for with Foggy and Marcy, which was so healthy, it was such a healthy representation was, of couples. Yeah. But I, I, I yeah, love that. I I it was. Um, it like, was
2: really. Oh wait, wait, wait. And and Nadim and his wife.
1: Oh, like, yeah, I'm right, sorry. Right. How could I even forget <laughs> <Yeah>. Nadim? there's...
2: <laughs> like their like in in their story about like honesty and like um you know what like what defines um a healthy relationship because like right. uh, and you know what you know what's crazy when when um his superior officer, I forget her name, Um, but when she tells him in front of the uh, the elevator, like, essentially, she tells him, like, you should lie. You should just lie to your, um, your uh, family members and what have you. Like, it didn't hit me at that point, but, like, later on, it was like, that was a fucking obvious sign that like she was not on the level, um, and of course she wasn't. Uh, but like Nadim and 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 his wife was also like I think a very, um, uh, I guess like uh, a, a a cautionary tale, if you will, uh, of how to conduct a relationship.
0: Yeah, his superior officer, I mean, she made it clear. Excuse me. That um she lost a kid because of Kingpin. She had to ultimately right. get a divorce um just to protect the husband. So right. it was one of those things where it was just like you can't live this life and and be happily married white picket fence like it, Kingpin won't allow it. Um, right. and I I love that. Uh it, what I was going to say earlier was um When it comes to Matt and the Punisher, those are two characters, um, well, unless they bring a lecture back for Matt, those are two characters Mm. I don't want to see with love interest. I just, I I don't. I don't whatsoever, because to me, they live these lives that are so violent that it's like a love interest is the first person they're going to go after.
1: And that's what Matt says at some point to Melvin. Remember, he says, this life doesn't work with Betsy's. Right. right. it's just like Yes.
2: And that's a very important yes. Thank
1: you. That's why, to me, that's
0: why, to me, uh, certain female characters I love for them to stand on their own, to be their own, uh, and not be like a damsel in distress, that's why Karen, to me, works as not being a love interest. Because it's like Karen gets into enough trouble on her own without <laughs> having to worry about someone trying to kill her purely because she's dating Matt. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's like, yeah. just allow her to be her own character and not just be Matt's girlfriend. Because um, yes. then that just it messes things up. So that was also, you know, that's why I said Electra works so perfectly because you can try to come kill Electra <laughs> and tell me how that works out for you. Um, so it was perfect because she understood the life and she was more than ready to handle herself. But uh, Electra so was only wanting...
1: But Electra was only wanting Matt to have that one life. Matt right. now is back in his, you know, not I don't want to say normal life, but where he ha- he's going to have a job, he's going to be a normal he's, member he's of society. He's with Matt
2: and Daredevil. She right, and he couldn't have 50. that
1: with Electra.
2: Yeah, exactly. But the thing
0: is, the way Matt starts this season, he would have been perfect, uh, especially in the mindset to be with Electra. Um, because Alexa mm-hmm. wanted I him to break agree with the that. devil. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Matt, <laughs> Matt, before, um, before halfway through the season, his mindset was, I have to kill Kington. Like I cannot oh, arrest yeah, yeah. him again. I have to kill him. Right. Alexa would have loved yeah. that. She would have been like, Yeah, man, yeah. I'm game. Let's go do it. So yeah. as he said, he would have never children. have
1: forgiven himself if he would have done right. that right. And that's Just not right. like and that. and he would have never, yeah. he would have
0: never forgave her. <laughs> Which listen, I completely by the agree. Way, they're not, they're not good for each other. I completely agree. I just by love the way,
2: I love like the chemistry of those two. I I just I just want to say this. Like it's my 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 like, biggest flaw with the the show, um, if Matt decided that like the the King Ben has to die, like <laughs> like let, let me just say this. Hey, uh, Karen, can you? uh can you find the Punisher? Like, can you? Uh... <laughs> like, because like we gotta kill this motherfucker, and I can't. I can't do it, but he can. And uh, Frank and like, Fist we...
1: still have their unfinished business with each other. Exactly. Like, exactly. Let's, let's be honest. If Karen would have called up Frank, we would have had two episodes at max, and that's it. Yes, and yeah.
2: that's it. And he would have been dead, and that would have been yeah. like. And and I know I I get it, like that's that we gotta have a whole season. But like <laughs> seriously, I thought that throughout the majority of the show. Like <laughs> like if you really like if Matt was really like, I gotta kill him but I don't know if I can. Um, like dude, just like hit a hit a upisher. <laughs> like like you you got cool. two phone calls. One to Karen and one to him and like boom he he shows up. Punisher's dead, or, uh, uh, Kingpin's dead, and that's, that's it, that's, that's all she wrote.
0: All I, kept picturing, all I kept picturing was, like, Matt being like, yeah, Karen, fog, yeah, I don't think I can do it. needs to be done, and Karen's like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to worry about it, like, I handle it, and Matt's like, what do you mean, and, like, <laughs> Punisher walks in holding Fish's head off of his body, and like, yes, yeah, I'm Fish, it's right? already done, yeah bro. don't worry, I handled that. She's like, yeah. um, all right, cool, yeah, that works. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly. Yeah. No problem guys. You know I'm here to kill.
1: Like piggybacking on both of what you guys said, like I think my biggest thing is you know, we watched Punisher season one, and Frank sitting there proclaiming that Karen is family, that he will do anything to protect her. And Karen mm-hmm. was in trouble like a shit ton of times. And you're telling me that and Frank not would there. not be involved? I mean, Bullseye is literally trying to kill Karen, and Frank's not like, I gotta fucking kill this motherfucker. Like, right. well, who, is, who the hell does he think he is? Something yes. I did
0: want to see be explored was if Karen didn't stay at the church and actually left. If when she left, she went to Frank. I was always curious as I was watching it. Like she couldn't hide in Hell's Kitchen anymore. But would she go seek out? I can't think of anywhere right. else you'd be safer than with Frank. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why uh, wouldn't? Why would you not call him after you. Say yes. it Again?
2: Why would you not call him? The, I mean, the, old, re, uh, I, the obvious reason is like they didn't have him involved in this show but right like as far as like a as far as the storyline like why like as far as what they've set up like why would you not like i'm not safe i need to get out of here like why wouldn't you call frank at that point and be like hey like i need you to keep me safe now
1: like i yeah. almost want a scene in punisher season two where like Frank's just looking at Karen and Karen's explaining to him everything that's been happening in her life and him just like, Really? You have my phone number. Well, why yeah, the I right? you didn't, call me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: Frank would be like, please, You left. didn't call me? Like what, what yeah. was up with that? Like you know I would have came and like split like eight throats for you, like what was going on?
2: Yeah.
1: And I, yeah. I
0: will say the idea of Dex versus Frank would have uh, been amazing uh, to watch.
2: No, that would have been, been
0: so, so cool. much fun. That gun battle and with the idea of Dex never misses and Punisher, for some strange reason, doesn't like to duck, um, so he would have <laughs> taken one to the shoulder and kept going, that would have been so much fun, man. Um, but let's let's continue on before we run out of time uh, sure. finishing the uh, the review. I wanted to ask you guys, there were two OMG months um, of this show, and I'm going to ask just like I did with the, the fight scenes: which one shocked you more? Um, Which one shocked you more? Was it finding out that Fisk literally controlled everybody in the FBI?
1: No. Um,
0: Finding that out? Or was it the true OMG moment of the season when you found out Matt's mom was alive? Matt's freaking mom was alive. Um, If it's not one of those two, tell me what shocked you the most from the season. Nick, I'll go to you first.
2: Well, I, I... I knew, I mean, I knew Maggie was his mom, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so, it it didn't shock me, I was wondering when it was going to come, the way that he figured it out, um, was awesome, um, you know, the way they set all that up, um, but no, the, the, the scene that shocked me the most, again, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... Like, kind of go back to something I've already kind of talked about. the scene that shocked me the most was um the scene with Nadim, his boss and um the other guy when he was confessing everything that he had heard, and I was like, something's gonna happen, man, like he's gonna get killed like she's gonna kill him or the other guy's gonna kill him um and then when she ends up killing the other dude who's like recording the conversation and then like british dude buddy walks in and they put the gun in the the, the bag and um all that like that was the scene in in this particular episode that like kind of shocked me most like i was i was not expecting that to happen i was expecting something to happen but not that in particular um, I, I honestly, I thought he was dead in that in that particular scene. I I was expecting him to get it, um, and the fact that he didn't, and the fact that his story went where it did, I was just like, oh my god, dude! Like y'all are better at this than I am. Like, like what I anticipated, like or or what I thought should happen at this point, like didn't happen. And what y'all were able to do with this character after after the fact was. Like, brilliant and, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a reason you guys are writing these stories instead of me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the reason why the mother thing shocked me was the way they handled it to where it wasn't just a random woman who weirdly came into Matt's life and is just deciding to take care of him. It was the father... um, Told him like you know we need to nurse him back to health. So it wasn't anything weird there. And then it was the the point of all right. Well, she's the one that's helping that. Um, so she's the one that's going to nurse him back to health. So like it wasn't anything to me personally that was like all right. This is weird. Why is she seem invested? Because if I recall, she was saying at the beginning he can't stay here. And they were like, well, where where are we gonna? Like, where are we going to send him? She's like, I don't know. He can't stay here. Like, <laughs> he's a vigilante.
1: <laughs> and then it
0: wasn't until his father came and was like, that's uh, that's what's his name, son. And then she was just like, oh. So I thought maybe he meant something um, to the, uh, you know, to, to the father. Like, a lot of these clues weren't hitting me uh, the first watch. So I, I won't say that I saw it coming. I was pleasantly surprised. Once he was saying like mom, and I was just like whoa 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 what rewind? Would what, you just say like what happened here? Yeah. Um. So I was pleasantly. Surprised By the way, and I loved it. how they crafted it because if you're just an average watcher who's just watching it, not really paying like close attention, it would have caught you off guard too. Because um, there weren't anything glaring that made you go. Yeah, that, that that's probably his mom that that we didn't really hear about much. I think that's his mom. Like like I said, the it comics, completely caught me off guard. Go ahead, I'm sorry. What are you saying
2: that? Well, I was just gonna say I love how they set up the fact that like the post traumatic stress syndrome of having the child was the reason that like she felt like God was was telling her like um she. Had made a mistake. Like, I thought that was like a brilliant um, little nuance when she explains to Karen why she made it mistake. I the really like that. Did. Well. Me too. Like, that was fucking <laughs> amazing. Like, little nuances like that. Like, and that's why Daredevil is such an amazing show.
0: It pays attention to so many details that we might think are small in the moment, but they're like, no, 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 no. Hold on to your seat. I'm going to make that moment that you thought was small <laughs> mean everything. It was just exactly. like, oh, my God, you did. So, I mean, and, and I thought it was so powerful when the father, his dying words were, forgive us. And then when yeah. he said, forgive us, I'm like, us. And I'm like, oh, his mom, like, let it go, Matt. Um, And I was just like, wow, like, this is, wow. <laughs> like, I see it. And then something that I, I, I think might have got lost on a lot of people, I love the the, it wasn't a comparison that, that they were trying to make necessary, but it was the comparison I made of uh, the idea of um, the agent uh, dying and leaving his wife and his son. And the idea yeah. of, you know, that child not being less without both of his parents uh, and how important it was that he that he still had his mom. Um, and just, just small things of showing Matt the importance of, a relationship with your mother or a relationship with a parent at all in his
2: name in his name right yes yeah like his name was uh to rise um to lift to uplift um and he 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 told him how he uplifted him throughout his whole life and now he needs to uplift his mother and like, right. dude, that shit got me. Like, dude, I'm not gonna lie. That's There's gonna make like, me
1: like ugly cry. <laughs> dude,
2: there were so many. There were, like, I was just about to say, there were like at least five different scenes in this this season where I like, I, I just like swelled and teared up and like, like <laughs> yeah. I couldn't I help mean, it. I I I, think, I. The tears. I think my tears at least, least were on the forefront. If they didn't fall, and they fell, like at least three times.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think all my sad moments came from any time his dad was talking to him. Um, because, you know, his dad was telling him things that he needed to hear. Actually, weren't I was like, line, but... uh, no, no, no. I, I was just saying, because it was just like, look, Matt, look, we weren't put on this earth to be pretty much the the, the typical good guys. Like, we, we have evil to it. Um, and, and that's what, that's what makes us different. Like, there's something wrong with Devil the fact anxiety. that we enjoy punching people in the face. Like, that's not normal. Like, I love that because at that moment, Matt needed to hear that. Like, dude, that's not normal. Like, <laughs> we really enjoy the idea of someone, someone, you know, being bloody, laying on the ground. Um, And, and it was just kind of his dad trying to tell him, like, look, you know, that it doesn't define us, though. But we have to use that and then just bring it to something. And then Matt ca- kind of calling him out and saying, you left me. She left me. And he was kind of like, I had to. Like, I didn't want to live this life of you always thinking your dad was a loser. I wanted you to have one moment to be able to say, that's my dad. That guy right there, that's my dad. Um, and, and Matt was just pretty much trying to tell him, that didn't matter to me. Like, I, I would rather you lose every match and still be alive than for you to try to go out as a hero and leave me. Um, So I thought that was just, like, really emotional be- between uh, those two in that moment of those two really just trying to understand each other uh, because they never sure. got the ex- the explanation between each other. Um, so Matt just kind of trying to say, you hurt me by leaving. And his dad trying to say, I was just trying to be the hero and someone for you to look up to. And now it's just like, it didn't matter to me. You know, so I, I thought that was great. And I was just like, come on, daredevil, don't make me cry, man. Like, you just beat a guy <laughs> to death. Like, don't make me cry now. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing to me?
2: Um, It happened so many times, dude, when, when fucking, especially like Karen's episode, like that made me fucking cry so fucking hard, like in, in like three different parts of that episode, I feel like, like um, when, like they were talking about her mother, um, uh, oh man, it just Oh God. When she says and that
1: her mom was dying long before she actually before got she cancer actually, and I was like oh. Yes. Oh my
2: God, dude. Yes. You you get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I completely agree with you. That that whole that whole sequence was very sad. I felt the saddest about um her father. Uh in the course of uh, 24 hours. He went and, from having two kids uh, to having pretty much after Karen left none. Um, and and it, you saw that it was killing him.
2: Yeah, and you get to like like when she calls her dad when like all the shit is going down, and she's like, "Can I, can I come up there? Can I come stay with you?" And he's like, "I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I just don't think it's the the right timing." But you can call which me whenever. Cr- which and, is
1: and crazy. I was just like, because, go ahead. And I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Deborah Ann Wool just had a like Q and A on Twitter, and she explains that that happened when like Karen was 19, and Karen now is like 33. So over 10 years have gone by, and the father still is like no. It's not the right. right time for you to come home. And this girl, I mean, Karen is afraid for her life. She's really just yeah. sitting there thinking she's going to die, and her father just told her, no, you cannot yeah. come yeah. home. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was just... And, and I, was, I
2: was like, dude, I was like, what a fucking dick. Like, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was that was my initial thought when that whole conversation went down. I was like, what a shitty father. Um, and true. then, Very of course... We get fairy. the backstory, everything that goes on, and and I was like, okay, well at least it it's explained. Like this is why he's <laughs> such an asshole to her. Um, but like, nevertheless, I was yeah. At the time, I was just like, oh my god, this this is like the the fucking runner runner up for the like worst father in the fucking world <laughs> next to the fucking Kingpin's father. Like fuck. <laughs> <What's> yeah, <laughs> and.
0: I mean, I think what I took out of that was just the idea of, you know, she, Karen made him realize, um, you know, that he played a part in his in his wife's dying, uh, that, you know, he wasn't paying attention to whether or not she was happy. Um, and Karen was laying some hard truths on him. Like, she was never happy. She was trying to win this lotto to get us out of here. She was so miserable. Um, so for, for him to go from that to then losing his son, I could understand how just being around Karen could just bring up all of those memories that probably still haunt him already. Um, so it was just like, I don't think at that moment he was thinking as, as a father. He was thinking as someone who had just lost so much that he ties that to Karen. Uh, and yeah, I don't think that's fair. Absolutely. I don't think that's fair whatsoever, but I think he ties it to Karen. So anytime he sees, oh, no, hears I think it
2: makes sense or thinks yeah. to
0: Karen, Um, it brings back him losing his son. It brings back, uh, you know, a failed husband that it turned out uh, that he was. So I think all that is just, like, it's just it's too much. And I don't think if any of us have ever been through it, we can kind of go like, oh, just get over it and hug your daughter. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't really know what a person would do in that moment. Like, he he didn't yell at her or anything. It was just like, it it
2: hurts too much.
0: I I can't, I can't, I'm
2: sorry and and it, and it's perfectly explained later as to why he has that that reaction um right. before we before we finish this um i i want to have one like kind of uh, debate or question um where we think everything is going to go uh Juwan, if that's cool with you
0: yeah, absolutely cuz we we're getting into to wrapping up the show. So we could use that as um as the, the the segue to to kind of wrapping up. So yeah, sure. Absolutely. Go
2: ahead. Um like where do you think it's going to go as far as obviously like everybody gets the shit beat out of them at the end and that is a fucking amazing sequence when Daredevil, Kingpin, and Bullseye all fucking, like, just fight it out at the end. Um, But, uh, obviously, Kingpin goes back to prison. Um, You know, Daredevil uh, and Matt is, uh, you know, basically got his his whole team back. Um, And uh, we get that last little post-credit scene uh, of Bullseye. Um, essentially getting his back fixed from when Kingpin slams him into the fucking wall and breaks his fucking back. Oh, that was such back. a
1: good scene. Oh, uh,
2: so amazing. That is so good. Um, but, like, where do we think it's going to go from here? Like, um, obviously, I, I I would say I don't think uh, Kingpin is going to be a fixture in um, the future episodes. I don't feel like it makes a whole lot of sense. For him to, to uh, legally get out of prison, I think he would have to break out of prison at this point, um, which I think will happen. But if they continue it on, um, but I think obviously Bullseye is the is the main kind of uh, villainous character that they're going to set up, um, and uh, I think that's that's where you have to go from there. Uh, what do you think about that, Jawan?
0: Uh, I I don't disagree. I was very disappointed that the season ended with Kingpin going back into prison. Um, I would have preferred if he had escaped with Vanessa um, only to build up, whether it's revenue or whatever, to come back um, and just take over Hell's Kitchen as, uh, you know, just this this underlord rather than uh, like, if you think about it, all the charges that were being brought up against them, there's no logical, like, let me not say logical. There's no legal way for him to get out in anything less than life. So it's like, I don't, like, how is he going to be in prison running things? We've already seen that in season two. So I thought the best thing to do was to have him escape with Vanessa, uh, who, by the way, looks like she has a life of crime ahead of her. Um, yeah. Uh, but I thought it would have just been great. So you could have had, uh, by the time Dex gets, um, Gets his back healed, is back up and, and, and going. He'll probably be in jail, but once he's back up and going, finds a way to break out and finds out Kingpin's back in town. So now you have Matt trying to stop Dex and trying to, to catch Kingpin. Um, so it's just like a cat and mouse kind of thing. Um, and we finally see Dex suit up. Uh, we saw the eyes at the end light up, showing like the, the bullseye symbol. Um, so obviously that's to come. Uh, but, I mean, the way that they left it for, Nick, you said this earlier, the way that they left it for Matt was if that's the last season of Daredevil we get, that was them not leaving things up for question. Like, it didn't end the way Luke Cage and Iron Fist did. It ended to where it was like this was a serious finale. So it was one of those things to where it was like there wasn't much for you to wonder about. Um, so as far as what happens next, I'm assuming what, what I would hope to happen next is we get Bullseye fully costumed versus Daredevil in a brand new yeah. costume going head to head. That's all I could think of. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean,
1: presumably, if you know, if Daredevil gets a fourth season, which right now what Netflix is doing is pulling the plug. I mean, who knows? But. If we get a four-season, I would love for Wilson Bethel to come back as Bullseye. I don't think that Vincent D'Onofrio can come back. That's not saying that I wouldn't want. I could watch, like, ten seasons of just Kingpin, because that's how amazing D'Onofrio is. But the fact is that he steals the scene. So if you want to focus on anything else, you can't have Kingpin around. So you... I would love to see Bullseye come in. As you said, Juwan, I would love to see him suited up. I would love to see uh, Nelson, Nelson, Murdoch, and Page up and running and actually doing successful uh, because we see that Murdoch is still a good lawyer. Nelson has become such a great polished lawyer. I'd love to see that. Um, And as Charlie Cox himself said, I would love to see the Punisher back on just to have an interaction between the two. I think that we, as the fans, deserve that. So if we have a fourth season, definitely want that type of scene to be in. Um, the showrunner says that he has ideas for a fourth season, and thank God that I'm not the showrunner or the writer, because I can't think of anything, but I know that they'd give us something great. So
0: yeah, that's what I'd me, like to
1: see.
0: Just really quickly, uh, as far as like Netflix canceling the shows. Daredevil also did something very small that let you know that they were either building for a future with the shows not being connected, meaning Daredevil might be the only one standing. Uh, Foggy leaving uh, the, um, the the law firm that Hogarth yes. uh, used, to, used to work for. That was something small, but it was all the connective tissue uh, Daredevil had with the other shows was that Foggy, yeah. Was a lawyer for the same firm that Harder, uh, Hard whatever her name is, worked for. So now that he's not, that was the connective tissue between the two.
1: So yeah, it what's like really saying, the point I of? That was interesting. Yeah, what would really be the point of having you know connecting to the other shows now that Nelson isn't? You know, with them. Um, I thought that was very interesting that they threw that little burn in there at the end where they were talking about uh, Karen being a good investigator and uh, Matt saying that she was way more stable than Jessica Jones. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. that's a, yeah. that was a little yeah. burn there that I wonder yeah. why they decided to put that in. I mean, we love Jessica Jones, we know that she's unstable, but it was interesting that, you know, out of all the other defenders that he was with, that he decided to throw in Jessica there.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was it was interesting. Uh, by the way, I gotta I gotta throw out a little shout out, guys. If you have trouble getting in the mood, <laughs> or perhaps just the stamina, then try Blue Chew, the new revoli- revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables, made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills will be shipped directly to your door. No doctor's appointments, no lines, and most importantly, no awkwardness. And because they're chewables, they work faster and make it all the more easy to take just what you need. Listen, I have taken these. I don't have erectile dysfunction, but what they are able to provide for me is increased stamina, and it is uh, amazing. Uh, essentially, you can take just a little part of the pill. You can cut it up and, uh, and take what you need uh, and enable to, for you to uh, fulfill your lover, and I would totally recommend it. Go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code GVN to get your free month Trial today. That's bluechew.com, blue as in the color. Um, partner deserve the best. Let Blue Chew help you get there. Uh, by the way, Juwan? Yes,
0: absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Nick. Thank you very much to Blue Chew. Um, we killed this review show, guys. We completely geeked out, we covered every inch of this show. Um, I think we all desperately want you said every four. inch. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, listen, I, I had to bring it home, man. Um, <laughs> um we covered everything that we possibly could uh, about Daredevil season three, and uh, I'm glad I did it with you guys, Tia. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Um, this was so much fun. We'll be getting. We'll be doing more. Uh, we'll be talking more about Daredevil season three next week on Geek Vibes Live. So Joelle, Kanan, and Dane, who didn't have a chance to finish it, can give their thoughts. And I'm sure they're going to want to dedicate an episode <laughs> after they see it too. So uh, we'll we'll see how that pans out for the episode next week. But as far as this, uh, we'll be doing more reviews uh, about shows and stuff like that. This is a lot of fun. Um, So thank you very much, guys, for you listening. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Tia. And until next time, guys. Peace.
1: Thanks.
2: (laughs) Tia. Fucking great job. I loved it.
1: Peace.